Welcome to our next next podcast. This is Pastor Nate, Shores Community Church. I'm here with Scott Domont, and we're talking about prayer. And the reason we're talking about prayer is because we're in a series on prayer and fasting. So I'm four days in. You're three days in. Uh, this is my fourth. Yeah. yeah, this is your fourth day. This is the fourth. Three I know half, we shouldn't be we shouldn't be saying this because <laughs> essentially we're doing the opposite of what Christ told us. <laughs> Well, in the sense of of not uh, like we're yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe we are. Maybe <laughs> there's, there's there's a sense where we we need to encourage one another to do to follow certain spiritual disciplines. Amen. And fasting is prayer without words. Amen. And it is saying, God, I'm hungry for whatever we're fasting yes. from, but I am more hungry for you. I'm more hungry for your word, yeah. and. Um, and, it's just and, clear teaching. And I, I find the the amount of passion and and this this kind of the, the seriousness behind my prayers just amplify during a fast. Yeah. I, I I get to those moments where I'm I'm hungry, like that deep hunger. Yeah. And I just I'm like, God, I just want to know you. Yeah. I want and I pray over these certain areas that I've devoted. For this mm-hmm. fast, usually, I think when you fast, it's good to have some some things you're fasting over or praying for, yeah, yeah. and and during these fasts, oh God, like just move in the heart of my child, or you know, yes. do this, work here, change my heart in a certain way, yeah, and and that that this the the amount of passion in those prayers, yeah. For sure. It's, it's interesting. It's too. a different level. Don't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And last, there was a time a few years ago that I prayed that God would give clarity to a specific group of people. And what's interesting is that he didn't. Like they maintained the same, what I would feel, erroneous ideas about the Bible. But one thing God did is he gave me clarity. I see. He gave <laughs> He gave me understanding and how to relate to that and also deeper understanding of what his word was saying. So um, the, the, the that's powerful. See, what you're what you're what you're putting your finger on is that when you sow, it's a fasting, I believe it as a spiritual exercise. It's like sowing, sowing seed. Mm-hmm. And what you will reap is is good. It might not exactly look the way that you thought it might, but it's actually exactly what God wanted to accomplish. Yeah. And the reason it happened is because you chose to fast. Well, you did. You have a verse on this? Well, I was just thinking about the passage where you were saying that we should do it in secret. And that's in Matthew chapter 5. Um, and I was actually going to try to find that real quick here. It's uh, So it says, and when you fast, when, when you do, mm-hmm. not if you. <laughs> yeah. So this is something that... The Lord Jesus is expecting us to, to have part of our life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? It really, uh, it really is, there's so many benef- benefits to it in the sense of kind of resetting dopamine spikes and, and allowing you to enjoy life better. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for a practical aspect, but there's a sense where he is expecting us to, there were, there were feasts of the Lord, seven feasts of the Lord in the Old Testament, yeah. and some of those were fasting. Uh, like the Day of Atonement was a fast. The Feast of Purim was actually a fast. Um, so he he's just expecting us this to be part of our life. He says, and when you fast, don't look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. 
they've been seen by others. But when you fast, anoint your head. This is the idea of like, and wash your face. They would anoint their head uh, with, with oil that kept as protection from, it's like almost a protection from sun and like putting lotion, lotion on. Uh, that your fasting may, may not be seen by others, but by your father who's in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Right. Um, so there, so, there's so talking about mo- the motivation behind a fast. Yeah, we don't fast to say, hey, guys, look at me. Look how special I am. Yeah. You, um, but it, it was something that's Like done. false piety. Right, right. Like, look at, how, look at how, how spiritual I am. Yeah, we don't... Uh, we, we, we wash our face. We... We take put on a shower, our cologne. Yeah, we, we go through the day with with joy and love of the Lord. But obviously, instead, instead of me walking home and and being grumpy with the kids because I'm fasting and be like, "Hey, you know, I'm not with. I don't have food right now." So, and then I yell at him. That's probably not the right approach, not right? right? Yeah, no. So as much as we can to keep it in secret. But when when you're exhorting others, encouraging others, like you do, kind of have to let let people in on the secret. And fasting is a secret to. Uh, to getting to know the Lord more and for him revealing himself right. to you. Yeah, and, and exactly. like that, That's one of the reasons I, I, I look forward to a fast. And honestly, it's been some time since I've done an extended fast. I, I look forward to it because my it seems like I have more spiritual clarity. Like mm-hmm. my whatever is in my head, and maybe it's because... I, I'm just so seeking that creature comfort so much and, and pursuing it that once that's not an option and it always comes after like the denying of something. So mm-hmm. like I'm hungry and I want food or I want like I, I was telling Scott. So, hey, listener, obviously this, this podcast is being recorded shortly <laughs> after Michigan winning the college football you know, college football championship, the national championship. And I was excited because I'm a big Michigan fan. And I want nothing more, really, honestly, nothing more than to get out a bunch of food and just, like, eat and party. Because <laughs> I'm already two days in. I'm hungry, hungry. You know, not just uh, hunger, <laughs> hunger pains. I'm talking, like, I'm starving. And I'm like, this would be so much fun right now to celebrate this win with like a half with a carton food. of ice cream. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so we do. We celebrate with food. But you know, it's interesting because in denying, like I said, no, this is I'm not going to do that. I'm actually going to deny this this desire I have. It's interesting. The next day, as I was praying, God gave me some really powerful insight, mm. and I wonder if that insight would have happened if I decided to eat and break my fast early. Mm. Like what, what would have that would that have come? Yeah. And, and this obviously is is a choice the person has to fast. But why wouldn't you choose to do something that allows for your mind to hear from the Lord? Yeah. Like, wouldn't you want to hear from him? Yeah. And and it also kind of recharges my spiritual batteries too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I come out of a fast because of all that focused time with the Lord. It's like it's a renewed relationship kind yeah. of and i'm really trying so i i haven't done this i've been this faithful even this time or in past times really saying okay the time that i will spend eating i'm going to take that time mm-hmm. and i'm going to spend in prayer and in the word and that is has been incredibly rich i haven't done it perfectly even even now but when i just say oh 
12 o'clock. I don't have anything, you know, else that I would be eating right now. I'm going to go, I'm going to read God's word and I want to pray. And uh, it's been, it's been really, really rich for me. I got hit yesterday with a wall. My wife makes this amazing uh, Indian food. We have some friends that are from India and they gave her the recipes. They taught her to cook. And then, and then she just, she just upped it. And so I come walking into this wall of savory. And she's fasting too, but uh, um, she's making it for the kids and everything. And so I was just able to, to. <laughs> You're a stronger guy than me. <laughs> I think I would have brutal. Failed. I think I would have failed. Right it now. was brutal, but I, was I think able I would have. Say... I would have been like, you know what? I'll save fasting for a different time. <laughs> oh, I wanted to so bad, but it's you're like, a better you know man what? than me, Scott. I want God. God, I want you more. Well, I think that I want this. Yeah, and I think that's part of the goal of a fast is is really to say, I want to put you as the priority. Yeah. And yes, I'm praying over these things, and I, I want to see you move in my life in these in these areas, but but I want you to know you're more important. Yes, yeah. you're more important than my hunger. Yeah, than my bodily needs. Like wow. there's a sense where Paul says, "I die daily. I beat my body into subjection." Right. And that's what it is. It's like you know what I like any man like any. I struggle with fleshly impulses, with fleshly desires. And this is, beats it down into subjection, just like, like Paul did. And it does. It just it, it denies the flesh. And, and it, how healthy is that? It is. Spiritually speaking, it allows the spirit to, well, to work. And I also think, it, it, at least for me, I, and I warned in the Sunday, Sunday message that I really believe that the, the spiritual warfare amps up during this time of fasting. Mm-hmm. It, it, we saw that with the example of Christ. Yeah. He spent 40 days in the wilderness and Satan tempted him. didn't yeah. leave him alone. And I think that's just part of it. Like Satan does not want people walking close to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Satan does not want people fasting. People, Satan does not want people praying, you know, very meaningful prayers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Satan does not want people to hear from the Lord. He Absolutely. wants you to get into your routine and and to kind of you know, be in a spiritual rut. And so, yeah, I I think fasting kind of brings that out, some of that spiritual warfare, but that's good. Yeah. Because now you actually can exercise faith. Mm-hmm. Believe in the Lord, believe in the name of Jesus Christ to to dismiss demons and, and their temptations. That's right. Yeah. So, hey, one of the things I wanted to talk about, seeing that we're talking about fasting, we're talking about prayer and mm-hmm. fasting, is that I'm praying for some specific things, right? And, and I'm assuming you're praying yep, about specific things. specific things. Why pray if God knows what we're praying for and is going to do what he wants anyways? Yeah. So whether I pray or I don't pray, it, it really... What does it really matter in the big scheme of things if he's already decided that he's going to accomplish, you know, what he's going to accomplish, his ordained will? So tell me, why? Well, because the Bible says says to, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, so. yeah, of course. The Bible. Jesus, Jesus yeah. did. Yes. So we have. A- amen. We have I'm sorry. Things. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. That is the yeah. right answer. Yeah, because <laughs> right Jesus tells us to pray. He tells us. And what's, what's incredible so is. If, we, he, if he tells us to pray. Then it must do. It 
And if he says it in a way, this is how I want you to pray and, and you must pray, then it must, like, it does work. Yeah. It does move the heart of God. Yeah, in the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman, righteous person, avails much. Okay, so avails. So something's Makes happening. Makes available much. The effectual, so what if fervent you, what prayer. So what if you didn't pray and fast? Would there be as much? Well, it does seem like there wouldn't. And it's in James 4, 2, we have this, and we'll... We'll go into the context later on if we have if we have time. But it says, "You have not, because you ask not." So there's an idea that you would have God is ready to give it to you, but because you don't ask, He's not going to give it to you. So, so how can God's or preordained will be affected by my prayers? That's kind of the question, right? A, a little bit. I think that there's God's overall plan with His Son Jesus Christ, and this is not altered. He has a, he has a, a, the the major the major touch points of what's going to happen in the pl- salvif- salvific uh, plan of God. Right? Yeah, God has a. I'm trying to find it here. Um, so it says, God has a master. A beautiful master plan uh, that he made from the beginning of time and he wants us to be a real intimate part of that so he foreknows that 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 things are going to happen because God's eternal he knows the beginning and the end yeah it's second he knows Timothy, all things. second Timothy 1 8-9 says by the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling not because of our works but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. So before the ages began, he had this intent for us. But it wasn't, it's not like set the clock, like a lot of people think, like set a clock and walk away and just let it let it tick right. on. And so, so, what, so what you're saying is a very, just to be clear, a very deterministic uh, approach to God's sovereignty. As in, he uh, essentially sets up this all a preordained uh, series of events mm-hmm. and everything and everything just happens according to those events and you can't change a thing that's very fatalistic yeah and that that's not true that's not true that's heresy you just have to understand when you get trapped too deep into this idea of preordained will of mm-hmm. God and you do not allow for the free will of, of humanity yeah that that's heresy it, it is in the sense that it makes god the creator the author of sin yeah so enough because it forces god to be re- you know, he is responsible for adam and eve's sin and disobedience ours as well and ours too yeah. but we know that we're responsible and that god is not the author of sin god can't be tempted with with god cannot be tempted by evil it says in Jane, neither tempts he any man mm-hmm. right so we have these other passages where jesus is saying for example in matthew chapter 7 he says ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and it will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks it will be opened uh, and then it says later on it says or which of you, which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, 
how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So God is likening himself and has called himself a father. And he is just like you and I, we're both fathers. Um, When our kids, like we kind of know the needs of our children. Uh, But if, if we just came home and we never talked to them and we just provided and left, like what kind of a father relationship is that, right? Mm-hmm. So we want to hear from our children and uh, we want them to listen, listen to us. In the same way, our Heavenly Father, He wants to hear our voice. He wants to hear our communication to Him. And He's like, I'm not going to give you unless I do hear that voice. Mm-hmm. That seems to be what he's saying here mm-hmm. in, in his word. Do you, so do you think that God is just simply, he wants to hear your voice. So, so the reason we pray is to develop a relationship with yeah. God. But it really doesn't do anything. Those prayers don't really move God in one way or another. It's just we're praying because he wants to get to know us better. You know, like what I... So, like, I, I have already decided a set of actions for my son, and I'm like, hey, come talk to me about this. But it, his response or what he might bring to me is not going to change the fact that I already decided what I was going to do. Is that how God operates in prayer, you think? No, I've, not at all. That's not what the text is saying. It's saying that you don't have because you don't ask. So you're saying that if we didn't pray. We're not going to have it. It's That's not going to happen. That's what the Bible is saying. Amen. Right? I, I so, agree completely. And my son has oftentimes changed my mind. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, but, yeah, but we're fallible and he's yeah. God. And so, I mean, we, we don't know the whole story. And so, but God does. Yeah. He hears there the, are multiple places in scripture where God changed because of repentance or intercession. We have, so you, we have, you don't feel like that's just like an anthropomorphism just for our benefit? No, if you go back to the first podcast we did, we go through it more in detail. But uh, God is... You actually, remember this? Yeah. Good job. Yeah, absolutely. The first podcast we talked about, Does God Relent? Yeah, was we the, did. was the first one. And, and I agree with you entirely. I believe that prayer is so essential that if you don't pray into something, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And you can say, well, God will do it. Yeah, he'll do what he wants, clearly. He will do... As you know, he's he is working out his plan for this world, mm-hmm. but he prayer is so intimately involved in it that someone's praying when any good thing's happening, and so if you're not praying, it's not going to happen. Yeah, and so that's how essential it is, and I feel like I'm in good company because of the scriptures are so clear on this. Yeah, so we have Moses in Exodus 32 who he prayed and interceded for the children of Israel, and God turned his judgment from them uh we have abraham in genesis 18 who who prayed basically interceded for all of sodom and gomorrah they were lost but you know what uh lot and his family were were spared and then uh we have hezekiah who god he said you're gonna basically isaiah told him you're gonna die and Hezekiah wept and prayed and asked, and God answered and gave him, uh, I don't remember, 14 more years, I think, of life. Uh, Nineveh, we have Nineveh, who called out and repented, and God turned his judgment, judgment on That's them. That's good. So we, we do have in the Bible, 
uh, instances where God relented. He changed because of intercession, because of prayer, because of repentance. So, so prayer, prayer is so important to the Christian walk or Christian faith that we need to bring these requests to God. I think it needs to be understood. We, I, th- I think also what's important with prayer, and maybe this will require more than just this podcast to talk about. I think also what's important to prayer is to, uh, to know that prayer is not just simply giving God uh, a to-do list. Mm-hmm. What, what it's doing is it's opening a, the conversation. Yeah. And I'll give you an example. Let's say I have a coworker that I'm upset with. I'm upset with their attitude, right? They just kind of rub me the wrong way, and I have these difficulties. So I bring this to the Lord, and I say, Lord, change this coworker's heart. Change mm-hmm. his added, his tone, his, the way he talks to me, his demeanor, whatever. Just do something with this guy, right? Mm-hmm. Well, a prayer, I believe, that God is, will respond, or his moves the heart of God or that God is 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 will 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 take an honor is a prayer that has the openness to hear the the dialogue or conversation prayer is this person I have this problem with this person what what would you God want from mm-hmm. for this for mm-hmm. this person and pray the things the scriptures clearly tell us to do to bless them you know mm-hmm. like yeah you, Jesus would say, pray for your enemies, mm-hmm. you know, bless them. Um, so, okay, opening up that conversation because what if, like, and I, and I feel like this is how God operates. He's going to download into you insight and wisdom, which James talks about, mm-hmm. and how to approach that, that relationship. Yeah. Yes, God says, I want to change the heart of this man, and you're going to be the person to do it. I'm going to change you too. I'm going to change you the process. Yeah. So, like, if I say I want my kids to love the Lord, so I'm going to pray, make my, you know, my son, daughter, you know, God, bring them back to you. Mm-hmm. But I'm don't leave that open ended for my role in it. Right. I think we've missed this idea of prayer as a conversation, God. You know how much I love my son. I want my son to love the Lord. Yeah. What? What do you? What do you have? What do you want? What do you say? Yeah. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Give me wisdom. How do I pray more effectively? What What do I do? Because mm-hmm. prayer is that 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 back and forth. You know, it's a conversation. Because I believe that every prayer. Then there's a, a step of faith to activate what you're even praying over. To walk in that faith. To walk in that, to walk out what you're actually praying over. Yeah. So if I pray, let's say, for a sin issue. Let's say I have this habitual sin issue, and I'm like, I just, I don't want anymore. And God's like, and, and I know that God is, you know. That's his will. To his will to not do it. Yeah. Right? And he's, he's displeased by it. So then he starts to change some of the affections of my heart. Mm-hmm. But if I don't actually take that step of faith, does the next time the temptation comes to say, the Lord, you know, I'm praying, I don't want this. So by faith, I'm saying, I don't want to do this. What do I need? What do you want? 
Yeah. Do you want me to go somewhere else? Do you want me to yeah. pray? Do you want me to just, you know? What's the way, so a lot of times, right, when you pray in the area of, of sin uh, and you're or in something that is maybe besetting sin, something that you're, you're struggling with, and you're asking for help, asking for deliverance, then a lot of times what God does is he gives you what the Bible says, a way of escape. Right. Whether that's an accountability person. Corinthians partner, 10 talks about that. Yeah. yeah. Whether that is... So you um, can bear up underneath it. Yeah. Yeah. He'll give you that way. And a lot of times, like, then we have to deal with, okay, um, am I going to receive that? Because maybe that involves like, humbling yourself in, yeah. in a you know, painful way. But, but God says he gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud. Yeah. So it's all part of his plan. And we, we need to, like the, um, you know, before God parted the Red Sea, we yeah, had to step in the water. We had to step in the water. Once their feet went into the water, then the sea parted. And sometimes yeah. we've got to, he does, he wants us. To, and and I, love, I love what you say with, so as, as far as a conversation, open the conversation. We think about those people that in Matthew 7, where Jesus said, um, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, you know, didn't we preach in your name, cast out demons in your name, do these many wonderful things? And he says, then will I say to them, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I never knew you. Knew you, yeah. There, we didn't have a relationship. Mm-hmm. There wasn't, you, you didn't talk to me, you didn't pray to me, and you didn't listen to me. You didn't read my word. We, we, we don't know each other. Like, I'm just a, you know, I'm just a name that you, they said, many will say in my name, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just a name that you used. And I think that's one, one thing that we can, that I wanted to actually talk about was like, what does it mean when, to when we ask in his name? Jesus says, if you ask anything in my name, I'll, you know, we'll hear you. Uh, I, let me, I think I looked up the verse here. Um, I write in John, actually, no, it's in, uh, yeah, John 16. Uh, so also you have sorrow now. He's talking to his disciples. He's going to be, uh, crucified here pretty shortly, but I but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, He will give it to you. And it goes on on as well there. So, what does that mean to ask in His name? Mm-hmm. Is it just a magic word? Like, oh, if we just say you know abracadabra kind of a thing that oh God has to has to do? Like, what does that? What does that mean? Because we have, for example, we have in the book of Acts, um, we have the seven sons of Sceva. Remember that story? Acts 19. So they use the name of Jesus. Right. Right? right? So uh, there are many that will take his name in vain. But we have to be careful what, how we pray and ask in the name of the Lord. So they said this uh, in Acts 19, 13 through 17, it says, then some of the itinerant Jews, exorcists, undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I, and this is quoting them, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. These seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish high priest named Sceva, were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? <laughs> Like that gives me chills, my, right? It's one of my favorite verses because basically <laughs> the demon is calling this guy, you know, like you're a poser. You, you, yeah, who are you? you are like fun. I know Paul. How, cra- how amazing that be yeah, to be known? Like, like in the spiritual realm, Paul's known. 
Paul is known. <laughs> his yeah. name's around. And of course, Jesus they know, right? At his name, they tremble. Um, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leapt on them and mastered all of them, all seven <laughs> I of know, them. I know, but beat them up. And overpowered them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Like you do not use the precious name of the oh, Lord because, lightly. But do you, did you notice that the name of Jesus, right? It's it, it it's not evoking. I, I don't want to use that kind of word because this is not some type of spirit spiritist kind mm-hmm. of approach. You're not evoking, but what you're doing is you're drawing the the character of and the personhood of Jesus, yeah, which carries. Everything he he was about, like mm-hmm. when you read the Gospels, you see what Jesus prioritized, what he talked about, what mm-hmm. he was. This is why knowing the heart of God and being a person after God's own heart and actually praying the word is important. Mm-hmm. Because then you know you're not using his name yes. in error because you're praying what God has revealed to be important to him. Yes, according to his will. According to his will and his word. Yeah. So this is his revealed word. And so we're we're building off of his what as he has shown himself. Mm-hmm. So if I say in, in the in the name of Christ, uh, heal this person from this this sickness, that's firmly within the will of God. Because he's he demonstrated over and over and over in the gospels. Right? Have this person not be influenced or affected by this demon anymore in the name of Christ. That's firmly in his will. He's demonstrated that. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and you can see Peter in the book of Acts being very, like, very deliberate to lead people to Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know? Well, so I, for sure, only by like, the name of Christ will any person be saved, right? Mm-hmm. There's no other name under the heavens given to man that you will be saved. That's... That's like that's the name being applied properly. Yeah, Jesus said, "If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men." Yeah. To me. So a lot yeah. of times, uh, a lot of times, the, these people that are naming the name, like say, for example, these these uh, seven sons of Sceva, or people that are like say faith healers are using Jesus' name. It's glorifying them, right? It's glorifying it, their it, ministry. They use this. So, so exorcism. We, when we think about exorcism, it's so foreign to us now that we don't see it as like a livelihood. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it just, we don't, but back then there, there was a thought, definitely a thought of that. Yeah. Anyone, you know, spirits are a problem and you got to deal with bad spirits. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people, this could be their, their job to go out driving right. it out. Yeah. And so they come across Paul and there's like, Wow. He just cast them out but in, Paul, in the name of Paul. Boy, he's kind of a rock star in this field of business. Mm-hmm. He just uh, uses the name of Jesus, and that demon's gone. So here are these guys jumping on. Yeah, but they're doing it for money and their own. The focus on them. Yeah, and, this, and they this, didn't have a relationship with. Christ. This is a problem not only in the Greek world. This is a problem in the Jewish world, and this is actually the example here is a Jewish person. Mm-hmm. You're reading in Acts. Mm-hmm. In the Jewish world. That's that was part of their income. Uh, I'm having a problem, so-and-so is sick, or so-and-so is showing these kind of odd behavior. Well, call the rabbi. Call the traveling guy. And so then they would come, 
and that was part of their income. That's how they kind of lived, is to get paid to to fix the problem by driving out the impure spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And the reality it was a, it was a money maker. Yeah. And so I'm telling you, like history keeps repeating itself because what do you think you're seeing in these big like you know these these yeah. big centers. Televangelists. Televangelists, and, they're doing yeah. the same thing all they're over again. They're making so much money, and it's on the backs of very poor and simple people. And there's serious judgment that is oh, coming that, their you, direction. I haven't helped them. Yeah. I mean, because I think what who, what motivates you to use his name? What's motivating that? When I, and this is some of the benefits of prayer and fasting, is because you are coming to the place of humility and saying, I, Lord, you, I know your will. I know what you say and you've revealed in your word. And this is what you care about. You want this. And I affirm that. I want this in this person's life or in, in your church or in my family or in my own life. I want your will. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm using the name. I, and then on top of that, so I'm not saying this in conjunction with that, is I... Okay, now, God, clear mind, clear heart. What do you want me to do? Yeah, what does God want, right? God, you show me the path to take, mm-hmm. and I'll take it, and I'll walk it, and I'll walk it to honor you. And that's some of the beauty of prayer and fasting, because you're saying, I'm saying, I'm willing to do anything, God. Full surrender. Mm. Yeah, it's surrender. For sure. I love how this story ended too, at least this part says, and this, after this, when uh, they leapt on, they, the demons leapt on them and cast them out uh, naked and wounded, it says, and this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell on them, and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled, is what it says, which it, it uh, magnify. to magnify. Yeah. So that is... Amazing. His, his name is so lifted it, up. In judgment, mm-hmm. he is glorified. He is glorified. Yeah. So no matter what, <laughs> so no matter what, God will be glorified. Yes. Amen. So if we choose, like Pharaoh, to harden our hearts and rebel, God was glorified in that instance with Pharaoh and what the plagues that he brought on, on Egypt and brought his people out. If Pharaoh had chosen to submit to God and say, yep, I'll let your people go. Um, then God would have been glorified. God will be glorified whether we choose to disobey. He'll be glorified in judgment. Um, or if we choose to yield and submit, he'll be glorified in, in having true. his way in our lives. So God is going to have the glory no matter what yep. we choose. So why not pray, seeking his will, and get on the same page. Yeah. And so actually walk in obedience and surrender. Um, well, there's more to talk about on this. I, I hope this begins to answer some questions. The, the really the kind of the main question is, does prayer matter? Does prayer move the heart of God? And it does, clearly. Mm-hmm. It, the examples in the scriptures demonstrate it. But also to know that God is is in a way wanting us like be an active participant in this grand plan that he he foreknows 
this just tells yeah. you get in get involved yeah, participate get like, involved get let, to be known by god to know him and to be known by him like i don't know what what would be greater Amen. than that to have that relationship with the the creator who became our savior and our friend and, and the access to him is so is is not so this is the beauty of it is that it's the gospel is so um it's so simple i use the word simple because it's not easy because it, it demands your life it demands everything of you mm-hmm. but it's simple like it doesn't it's not conceptually hard to grasp we carry a debt a sin debt mm-hmm. we have rebelled against god we've turned our back on him we could not by doing enough good works you know, cross that chasm that separates us mm-hmm. between you know our sinfulness and god's holiness just can't do it yeah and the stain's too deep you know yeah we're blood red yeah and and he is white, yeah. And but because of Christ, though our sins were as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Because of Christ and His shed blood in our place, we now can experience forgiveness mm-hmm. or the remission of sins. That's, that's a big that's word. Right. Yeah. But it's the idea. I mean, your sin is being taken away. Yeah. And His righteousness is being put in. Isn't that crazy? Right. Yeah. I call that the great exchange. I mean, my sinfulness for his righteousness. Who wouldn't take that? <laughs> right. I mean, come on. It's amazing. That it, it doesn't, and it, it is not even earned. No. Nope. I, I didn't do anything to receive it. It's just, it's like, it's here you go. Mm-hmm. Take it. So that's the gospel. And because of the gospel, we can now, like Hebrews 4.16 says, we can now own, enter into the throne room. Boldly. Boldly. Yeah, in his righteousness. Yeah, seeking his mercy and grace in our times of need. Yeah. Like it, we could walk right in mm-hmm. and not be afraid and not hold back and just talk. Bring our request before God. We'll talk, and really I think next week I'd like to talk more about how uh, prayer is a dialogue. Yeah, and how to hear them, because and, and when we it'd be good too to talk about praying as it says in First John, according to His will, Fair enough. He hears us, and not according to our will. So a lot of times we have our own. We kind of play God, yeah. and we say, "Well, I, I'm going to I'm going to believe. I'm going to use His name. I'm going to, and He has to give me well, what, it, what I it, ask." It's for interesting because. James alludes to that, and we let's not get too deep into this. Yeah. But James alludes to this when he says, "Who are you, old man? You say I will go here, I will do this. Your life is just but a mist." Yeah. You know? yeah, he's saying we're we're extremely, you know, we're finite, we're extremely mortal, yeah. temporary, yeah. and and a lot of times we ask for things that we don't realize we don't are, get the big picture. Yeah, they're going to be harmful for us. Yes, like God's like. If if you God take if I no. give you the right turn right here, you're gonna get T boned by a car yeah. and you're done. Listen, I'm gonna keep you going straight. Mm-hmm. We'll save the right turn for later. You know, yeah. you, you we don't know. He's and, the father. He, he knows, knows what's best for us. And when we ask him, then he that's, we we need to. But be that's ready why for it's a conversation. No We're like, hey God, this is what's in my head, and I know this fits your will because it. You know, we want to pray in his name and his 
and what in the manner he cares about. And and we're like, okay, God, what? And then we're like, then we then he lets us in. And yeah. I like to pray like, God, can I do this? Or God, would you allow me to be part of this? Amen. Or would you do this for this person? And and that in my own heart it allows me to be receptive to the answer of no or not or, or not yet later yeah right later. which is how i was a good that's those are answers yeah they are answers david not heard that answers. david heard a lot of later yeah yeah he did <laughs> so he was waiting to take the throne but hey we got to be done thank you for listening in and we will uh continue the conversation on prayer uh next week so thank you for tuning in god bless